This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered! Well, I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Happy Monday, guys. Happy Valentine's Day. Welcome into another episode of The Bostonian versus The Book. Dave Sherapan, The Book, myself, The Bostonian, Matt Peralt, back from Los Angeles, now back in Las Vegas in the wake of the Super Bowl. Dave, how are you? You were bouncing all over the place yesterday, all over Vegas. Yeah, um, I'm exhausted. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little tired today. It's a recovery day. But um, I forgot. You didn't do that Saturday? That wasn't your recovery day? I forgot it was Valentine's Day, actually, now that you just said that. I it's all right. I can't even believe it. Do you celebrate? Um, I mean, I'm, I get the house full of girls. I'm supposed to. Yeah, I mean, obviously, for the daughters. I do it for my daughter. Like, we got yeah. my daughter something for Valentine's Day. But my wife and I never really have done much. We've, we've never really celebrated this. Like, it's, no, I, mean, I don't like it. It's a forced holiday. It is. It, it really is forced. And as you get older, you're just like, I mean, when they get on board with it being a forced holiday. Yeah. And it's like, all right, you know what? Everything's really expensive. I'll buy you flowers tomorrow. Like, oh, I pull that move. Like I'll deliver a hundred percent. I do it all the time. I, I buy Costco flowers. The two dozen roses yeah. at Costco is the surefire $16 home run. Yeah. Do it twice a year and you're all good. Show up with a surprise. Yeah. Two dozen roses and away you go today. One dozen roses at Costco are $30. <laughs> Can't Explain that. that to me. Can't do it. It's, it's, explain, it's the biggest ripoff. I mean, I get supply and demand. I understand supply economics. I do. But it's still the biggest re- like joke that even Costco does that to their users, to their members, yeah. that they are the, you know, the mass buying king, except for today. And today, hey, if you happen to buy, if you want to, and if you want a bouquet, it's $60 at Costco. Not which happening. Is for, for one night. Not happening. Absolutely not happening. See you later. Done. Not playing this game. You we did play go back Friday. Yeah, I I slept Saturday, dude. I was as tired <laughs> as I maybe have ever been in my life. I kept on looking at Teresa, and I was like, I was in and out like the whole day on the couch, like out sleep hour, wake up for an hour, fell back asleep. I was so tired from that trip and the drive home. I mean, I was absolutely exhausted. I was like, I got to go train. And my Teresa was like, you're not training today. You can't even stay awake for an hour. I was like, yeah, fine. That's true. So, yeah, yeah I was banged up bad. Yeah, I, I finished it out Saturday. Um, did a couple hits first thing in the morning back east, New Jersey, Philadelphia and stuff. And then had Saturday kind of to just relax. And I'm getting the request, get me a hat, get me a shirt, all this other stuff. And I'm like, all right, I'm not, I didn't want to drive back down to the media center on Saturday. So mm. I took a little bit of time, ended up going to the Rose Bowl. Was that, hold on, wait, wait, was that a gag or on purpose? No, I, I love the Rose Bowl. I've been twice to the. Okay, so you went on purpose and just acted like you were lost. Well, I went, yeah, I went up. Okay. It was five <laughs> minutes from where I was staying. 
Okay. So I, I was like, I'm going to go check it out. I'm trying to get in. I was trying to get in the building. And they're set, they have a flea market there every Sunday. <laughs> and they start setting it up on Saturday. Apparently, it's gigantic. Yeah. And um, so I was trying to get in. And they're like, man, we can't let you in unless you're setting something up. I'm like, well, I, I can pretend I'm setting set something up. So I didn't. So I took Saturday to kind of chill and then I flew back and then people were in town. They're like, Hey, come out, meet us at the Circa. And I was like, Oh, this is gonna be a long day. And I went and did it. And so Saturday night I hung out, slept, took a nap Sunday morning, did four hours on the air yesterday. Oh my. With the boys at sports grid for, for the pregame. So I'm with Marenzi and Pharrell again uh, for the, those two together on one show with me, it was pretty much me just kind of, you know, yeah, listening. yeah. but um, tennis, we, we did all that yesterday. And then I went down to watch the game. Um, today's my catch up day. After we finish all the shows, I'm going to take a nice long nap. I got family in town. Nice. And they wanted to go like, they, like, they're like, are you going to watch the game with us? My aunt, and my uncle, my Jessica's aunt and uncle from Florida. I was like, no, I'm not going to watch the game with you. I can't right now. I got a people that I got to see. So I'll sleep tomorrow. Tomorrow's my makeup day. Tomorrow's your makeup day. I'm going to make sure it's actually sounding the way it's supposed to sound. Well, you sound tremendous right now. Okay. So hopefully there's no issues with my mic. Hopefully everything's the way it should be because I never know. Always like I, I never know these things. I'm always trying to figure these things out. As we come back, we got to re- reset everything up, and it's like, are is all the settings correct and everything is supposed right. to be how? Uh, Raheem Palmer from the Action Network is going to join us here in 15 minutes. Nice. So before we get to a conversation, he has was in the music industry for years, and he has worked with some of the performers that actually were on stage for the Super Bowl halftime show. So I thought he might be a kind of a cool person for us. Nice. To talk to you today about like what that was like and you know the, the the just the impact of what the halftime show was because if you were under if you were th- how did your kids take it did they like it oh yeah they i mean did. but but that's the music we listen to i mean they listen to the music that, that that i listen to that's the music that i listen to so right that's why they listen to it because what i've saw what i saw on twitter was basically anybody under the age of 35 thought it sucked and i thought it was amazing Oh man, I mean like listen, if you didn't like it, turn the channel. Like like but that one hit the wheelhouse oh. for a lot of us. Like, you know, and I mean Paul McCartney's on before and people don't like him. So, you're going to music is a, is a wide range of audience. That halftime show, listen, I've been in the books for 20 some years. Okay? I've never seen what happened happened yesterday at the Westgate. They turned all the screens on to the halftime show, cranked it up, and people were dancing. Wow. I mean, dancing. It turned into the club. I felt bad for the writers and the supervisors trying to get tickets because it turned into a party for the entire time. I mean, all those chairs – People were dancing and doing the thing like this. Why didn't you tape that? 
Oh, you should have taped that. I was enjoying the show. Okay, yeah. I, I was enjoying the show. Yeah. I should have taped it. I've never seen it, but it was so good. It was, it was so good. So good. Fighting I, with people on Twitter afterwards going, that was lame. That sucked. The weekend was last year. They went all back, you know, old school. And I'm like, guys, the weekend paid the NFL last year. Remember COVID? The weekend actually paid to do the halftime show. It wasn't like they went to him and said, hey, we didn't know we we're going to have a Super Bowl last year. We were lucky to have it. And they were like, I don't know. They're going to do like a really quiet halftime show. And the weekend was like, no, I'll pay for it. I want to do it and I'll come in. So like, don't talk about last year to me. And that was, I mean, in LA, like, why is Mary J. Blige there? She's from Queens. She's from New York for the Bronx. I don't care. Like she is hip hop. Like she is rap like that was the rap avengers like that's what that was and it was an incredible performance the dancing the the cars they brought in i mean it was just oh. the, the setup was perfect and and i just i just finished uh with kevin rogers from vegas insider he brought up a good point going forward should the halftime show be a parlay instead of a performer a straight bet like I, I use that term, but it should be multiple people because it normally is though. It yeah, almost always like is. The kids were the kids were like, or even Jessica, one of them said, I didn't really like Mary J. Blige. And I'm like, Yeah, a lot of people, some people don't. Like that that that's right. fine. But the whole performance overall, it hit the wheelhouse for a lot of people in different eras. And I mean, I'm 51, you're 44. People in their mid thirties. That's all our spot. That's twenty years of boom right there. And I mean, Snoop Dogg is still the coolest guy. I mean, he's fifty and he's he's still got it. Like you just got to show. I heard da 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 da. Yeah, the place went nuts. Of course, the, play, the piano is done. Yeah, just it. look out. Look Over. out. Yeah, NWA, look out. I mean, just yeah. the movie came to oh. mind just when he when he came up with that 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 just the <laughs> way he would write songs on piano and like. It was unbelievable. How long was 50 Cent hanging upside down? I didn't even see it yet. I have to go oh. back and watch that part. I did not see that part. Okay. Because I was blow my phone was blowing up with people and DMs about halftime wagers. Yeah, scores. What, game, yeah. <laughs> you had a really good idea. And we should have maybe done the Twitter spaces for the halftime because there were people that were like, I have a Rams future. Should I hedge it now? Should I do this? Should I do that? What should I play the money line or minus a half? And even uh, Patrick from covers, he had something to, to set or, or to play. So he was like, all right, so explain to me this in game. What do I need to do? Because I have this and I just want to lock up profit, you know? And I was like, right. all right, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So I missed, I missed the, uh, the it would have been chaos part. though. I mean, like when we were texting back and forth, if you didn't know where you were going to be, I was like, there's no way because who knows where you would have been at halftime and who knows what they all, what the setup would have been. It could have been loud as holy heck. I was going to go to the Circa um, after the second quarter and get over right. there for the second half. And it was nuts because like Tiki Barber and his brother, Ron, they were sitting with me at the, at the Westgate. And oh, nice. Like, we started talking and like, then some other people came in and before you know it, I couldn't leave because right. I was like, now, nah, I mean, as soon as the Bengals scored that touchdown to start the second half, I was like, all right, now I can't miss anything. I, I, I got to stay here. And it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I did. So real quick in the 10 minutes before we get to talk to Raheem Palmer yeah. about his bets. So one, I didn't go eight, you know, this year, like I did last year, but I did get the score perfectly correct. I did predict 23, 20. So I nailed that. 
And I had listeners to my podcast who bet $15 on that. It was a plus 10,000 hit. They yeah. won 1500 bucks. It was a hundred to one. That's that, that's a hundred to one. That's uh, incredible. Um, and I know, I, I mean, I do shows, you know, with, the, with all the sports group guys and stuff. They, they listen to, and like, so a guy I do a show with Mike Blewett, bet 20 bucks on it, 23 to 20, heard us talking about it and said, that makes a lot of sense. We kind of talked about it on. on then he should give us credit. And he, he's running around on Twitter saying like he predicted the, the right, the right well, score. I, mean, I don't know <laughs> if he specifically heard it from us, but like these are, oh, listen, we did a ton of shows. Yeah. And he, he, he tweeted it on, on Saturday. I'm like, right on Friday, we're out here going 23, 20. And like, don't tell me you didn't hear us say 23, 20. Come on. Well, listen, I know Kendall predicted it. I did a TikTok with her on Sunday morning. My, my eight-year-old. She, she said, said 23, 20. Yeah. She said 23, 20, Ooh, 20. Baby. 23, 20 or 24, 21. It's probably okay. going to finish by three. Like and I it. was like, okay. And then of course I didn't <laughs> bet it. Right, I didn't either. Right, exactly. I mean, there's a zillion things to do. Can you bet exact scores in Vegas? Does anybody book that in Vegas? Oh, yeah. The Rams by three. Will the game fall exactly three points? Well, yeah, you can bet that. I'm talking about 23-20 because Rams falling by three wasn't wasn't 100 to one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could, uh, Westgate and Westgate does it. Circuit did it. We used to do it, but we didn't offer as many. I think we did like, 50 scores okay. combinations and stuff. Those were really hard because the prices were so arbitrary. And then right. if somebody bet started betting them, no one in the room knew how to move them. It was like, geez, we can't lose. We can't lose 200,000 to, <laughs> to 24, 21. What if that happens? Cause possible, know? right? Yeah. I mean, so uh, that's a great hit though. Like that's one that, you know, you, you, you will remember. For a long time, it took a I didn't lot get of crazy it. I didn't stuff bet it. to get there. I, I, I just predicted it. I didn't yeah, bet but it. People listen to the show, yeah. and that guy yeah. that listens to the show got it for yeah. fifteen bucks. So that's a good. That's a good hit. It's a hell of a hit, man. Fifteen, yeah. fifteen hundred bucks and a fifteen buck bet. Hell yeah, take oh, that yeah. and be be happy with that. <laughs> Run around and go. Uh huh. Look at that wager. Yeah. In terms of the props, we talked about it all week, Dave. Under, under, under. Everything big yeah. went under. Cup under. Stafford under. Running backs under. Acres under. Books cleaned up. Oh, books had a monster day yesterday. I I saw the boys from Winbet. I saw Allen and Mo after the game. Um, I saw you know I actually ran into Jay Cornegay before hmm. the game, and we talked a lot about a lot of stuff. Um, you couldn't have asked for a better three game parlay for the books than Rams win, don't cover. Game stays under, and you have all those props go under. Is a big day. The four-way teasers didn't. I mean, every which way you tease the game won. So whether you go Rams down, Bengals up, over and un and under, everything hit. So you know it's a little mark. And then the Odell Beckham first touchdown was probably a major hit for some books. Because the prices were pretty good. Right. Other than Snoop and Dre coming up out of the beginning, the biggest ovation or loudest cheer was when o OBJ caught that touchdown. Man, people were high fiving and running through the aisles, going nuts. <laughs> it was fun. So you get the win for the Rams, and the Rams win 23 20. 
I got to say this and I won. Okay. I I went three and one on my full unit bets. The only thing I got wrong was that future. And I had hedged on it. I had a plus seven fifty on the Bengals. I hedged on it. So I, I was winning. So I'm not crying over spilled milk here. Like I lost wagers, but how in the hell do the referees stay out of the way the entire game until the final drive for the Rams? It had a lot of people talking. I it had a lot of people talking in the book like you can't call that now. Where have you been all game? Oh man, it's 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 so weird because like in hockey, you call it early and you let them play late. And it's in football was opposite. It was it was brutal to watch. I mean, the pass interference was pass interference. He grabbed them and, and stuff, but like the holding penalty, what was that? I don't know what that was. All of them. I don't know what any of them. I mean, it was so frustrating because I like the referees out of the way. And we talked about it on Friday. The crew that was working the Super Bowl had the third fewest flags thrown all season. So we had predicted that, hey, they're going to let them play. Like, this is going to be a game where the referee's not going to be involved. And they weren't involved all the way until the last drive. And that passing that holding penalty the first call that extended the drive yeah in the red zone yeah. that was a phantom call I just, like there's there's <laughs> go find me that and please go find me where that was holding because i see absolutely nothing there uh, and, and michael lombardi was tweeting about it today that like don't tell me that didn't turn the game because it turned the game oh yeah it definitely turned the game it was to me i watched it three times and, and i'll watch it again later today it, it looked like a guy playing really good defense that that did look like holding to me. That was that was just good defense. And I I mean we talked to Mel Renfro, uh, uh, you know, while we were in LA talking about it's in a different game. I, I don't know what that was, but it did look like holding to me. <laughs> brutal. I, I just brutal. It was, all, it was just brutal. And I and I and I'm like, I'm gonna I mean, I wanted the Bengals to win. I bet against them, obviously, because I had the Rams on the money line, but it was just one of those calls that you're like. How do you grab a flag there? Because you could say, well, they called it differently in the third quarter, but there was a clear, you know, Ramsey got his helmet turned on that touchdown by Higgins uh, to start the, the, uh, the second half. So like, you don't call that, like you don't call that, but then you call it on the last drive of the game. Like that's when you swallow the whistle, you swallow the flag, not get more active, not start throwing things more often. Like I, I couldn't figure this out. I don't know how you don't call the face mask or pass interference offensively or whatever on that Higgins thing. Everyone saw it. And it had, they used to tell me in hockey when I was playing on the ice, you know, a slash wasn't a slash, but if it took away a scoring chance, then it was a slash. That play resulted in a touchdown to start the second half. That was a huge play in the game. It was a clear penalty. Nothing. Mm. Nothing. All right. Well, now you're, you're going to take that kind of, we're going to just play without minimal flags. Okay. Well, now you come to the end and boom, flag, boom, flag. Well, well, all right. I, I Just another reminder. We bet real money on this stuff. And it's really sometimes going, what am I doing? What am I? I, I can't believe I'm doing this. It was crazy because that was, I mean, everybody to me was like the reps have the Rams. Rams money line reps have the Rams. And I'm like, that sucks. I hate that. Like, I hate that that actually is being talked about. Hate it. But I have a hard time saying 
you're wrong or you're not, you know, you're in the wrong to be angry or to question what happened here because they got yippy. All of a sudden they were like, uh oh, everyone's going to be talking about our non calls. Here are the calls. Here's flag, flag, flag. And it was like, uh, we're done. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a mess. Okay. So I wanted to talk to this person because he can do both conversations. He can talk music and he can talk sports gambling. Raheem Palmer from the Action Network has been very, very kind to join us. He's in the back, and we're going to bring him up here to the Bostonian versus the book. This is the first non-family member. So I, I, I we, we've had we, we, we first had Patrick, and then we had Papa Bear from Props Arizona on. So I'm hoping that everything works here. Technically, <laughs> it's 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 one of those like we're back from Los Angeles, and is everything going to work? And I see Raheem in the back. I think everything's good but I got to see him up on the screen for me to fully know that we actually have him on and, and, and good to go. So I know there's a bit of a delay uh, as, as to when we're going to have him. I think we're good. I know we can hear me. I can hear you, Raheem. Can you hear me? Dave, can you hear Raheem? I hear Raheem. Raheem, can you hear me? Oh, Very. brother. Pleasure to meet you as well. Now just, Bear with Matt while he's while he's getting everything ready because he's he's freaking out. He's being Which Matt, Farrah or me? You, Farrah's <laughs> fine. I'm not worried about Farrah. I'm watching you go like this in your chair. I'm all like, tweaking out. Yes, I, I'm freaking out. I know. Yeah. I see. Relax. It's fine. It's gonna look at this. Uh, there there he is. Go. Let's go. go. I knew. It. Yeah. See, I just we had to delay. We we had to we had to we just spend some time getting ourselves done yeah. to get it right yeah. and, and 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 get it all. Uh, can you guys hear him now, Raheem? Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you coming on to the show today. Oh, no, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. All right, so let's start with football, and then we'll get to music. What, for you, what was the best hit? What was the biggest surprise? Anything that, what was your takeaway from last night? Okay, first things first, my takeaway was that Odell Beckham, that injury completely changed the game. It, it looked like the Rams were getting whatever they wanted offensively, and then he gets hurt, and it's a different game. I think Zach Teller made some questionable Coaching decisions, I didn't like the fourth and two to start the game because I don't think that you – I'm all for the analytics movement of being aggressive, but I don't think you put your team behind the eight ball. The risk just isn't worth the reward. I think that's one thing that Belichick has always done. He's not going to lose a game in the first five minutes, and I think he gave seven points away right away. Also, I didn't like having P. Ryan on the field as opposed to Joe Mixon. That was very frustrating. But I think the biggest takeaway was that the Rams defensive line won that game for them. And they, the Bengals had so many opportunities to put it away and their offense just couldn't get going. But as far as like my biggest hits, I had Bengals over a half a field goal in the first half. That was easy. I had Mickey Guyton over a hundred seconds. I had, um, Bengals first, um, drive first score field goal. That was, Quite easy. I had the Bengals plus four and a half. I did take some Bengals money line at halftime, and it was very disappointing to see that call at the end. To me, I just think the NFL just won't get out of its own way with some of these calls, and I, that was very frustrating for me because you're calling the you're calling the, the game one way, and then in the end, you call that phantom holding penalty. So that was frustrating. Dave, you want one? Yeah, man. So first of all. Um, thanks again for joining us. Second of all, you're watching this game and you know the prop betting 
has become such a big part of it. How do you focus before the game on certain markets? Like, because I, I, I've been asked this question about like doing the numbers and stuff. And so, I mean, you're betting like for real, like, you know, and, and, and there's so there's such a big menu. What would you tell someone like going into the Super Bowl, how to kind of narrow the focus and pick markets where you do have an advantage or at least you have a perceived advantage on your end? Um, I think the biggest thing that I would do is I think, look, there's so much information out there and there's so many guys giving picks. There's like to me, I'm big on just trying to read everybody. I want to know what everybody is thinking. And I think that's where I start. But then I also just try to look for situations like one of the one of the best that I actually lost yesterday was Joe Mixon over 25 and a half receiving yards. And I lost it because I had the assumption of rational coaching. To me, <laughs> rational coaching says, look, you have this Rams vaunted pass rush. You're going to throw some screens to Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had five catches for one yard. <laughs> so that didn't happen. But I think what I did well was I looked at the Bengals. They, they were 3-4-11 in the red zone all postseason. So, of course, their first, their first score is going to be a field goal. Mm-hmm. They're going to get over yep. – I have a field goal in the first half, and that was just easy money for me. So I, I just think you kind of got to – the best predictor of future performance is past performance. So I try to dig into what these teams did before, and I try to figure out what's likely to happen again and what's not. Were you at all surprised that the game slowed down as much as it did in the second half? Because I think most people would bet the over felt pretty good in the second quarter, they felt like, all right, we're doing well. And then the third quarter, you get the big touchdown toss. And then really after that, it came, the game just like shut down hard. And there was really not a lot of offense after that one big play. I mean, I wasn't surprised just because I felt like the game was going to go under from jump. And I felt like the first half, I saw more scoring than I thought we would have. I actually had the first half under, and I was kind of lucky to hit that, but on that hook. Yeah. It's like (laughs) one of the things that, everybody came into the Super Bowl saying was that this was going to be like the Bucks Chiefs or this was going to be like the Broncos Panthers and the, the Bengals were able to get the ball out quick. But at some point when you got to make a play, you have these long developing routes, you're going to be able to get to the quarterback. And I think the Bengals also, one thing that they showed us in the Kansas City game or even in the Titans game is that they can make adjustments defensively. So last week, I mean, well, two weeks ago in the AFC Championship game, they didn't blitz Patrick Mahomes. They decided to just drop eight in coverage. So you see Odell Beckham gets hurt and Tyler Higby already is not in the game. You're in a position where you don't have too many guys to throw to. And Sean McVay, I don't look, he's going to get credit for being a Super Bowl winning coach. But to me, he did not do a good job coaching this game. He ran on early downs 18 times. They had like a 20% success rate. Like it, he was literally just running into a brick wall. So you you see this Rams team, they're in second and third and long every single time. You don't have Odell Beckham. You don't have Tyler Higby. So I was expecting the game to go under. Raheem, where did you watch the game? Like, so, I mean, the Super Bowl is such a big celebration for a lot of people. And, you know, you're betting. Are you able to, like, watch the game in a big group environment? Or are you able – or do you, like – stay in the cave and watch it by yourself and actually try to focus and maybe make some in-game moves. 
you know, I actually I thought about going to the Super Bowl and I, I couldn't make it out there. It was like oh. one of my biggest regrets. I, I just I knew I was gonna have to spend 15, 20 grand for tickets. And I was like, you know, it's not even worth it. But I really, I really wanted to go. But I end up staying I, for me, I don't I don't like to hang out in sports books the way I used to, yeah. just because a lot of times I'm on the sharper side of things. And if I'm on the sharper side of things, that means I'm sitting with a hundred people and they're all on a different side than me and they're clapping every play and it just kind of just it's tilting. <laughs> so I kind of just kind of sit in my own zone. Like I have like three, four TVs. I might have uh, for the Super Bowl, I got all of them on the same game and maybe I might have a friend over or something like that. But for the most part, I'm kind of just because I, I want to be able to focus if I'm like really betting the game. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right. So in your previous life, you were involved in the music industry. Give us a quick bio and then I want to hear your take on the halftime show. Well, yeah, I was a D I was a DJ for about 15 years. Well, I say from like age 13 or 14 to about 30, 32. And I actually worked at Rock Nation for a while. Um, I've done all types of celebrity events. Um, I mean, I've done things with, you know, Terrence J from BET, Alan Iverson. Um, you name it. Like I've, I mean, I've done so many different things. I, I I've actually DJ for US Track and Field before. Um, like been on tours with for Sony Music. Um, I've done Danny Garcia stuff. You if you were into boxing, like Jill Scott, so many people, Raekwon, Wu Tang Clan. So like that that was what I did. I was a DJ, and before I got into betting. So and so, what was your take on the halftime show? I love, I love the halftime. I mean, Dr. Dre is like one of my favorite. Like he's one of the, the people I got in. He he made me want to do music. And I'm, what am I? I'm 35, I have to be 36 years old. I love seeing Dre. I love seeing Snoop. I love seeing Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, 50 Cent. I love him to death, but he looked like he hadn't performed in a couple of years. <laughs> I know he's been focusing on film. He gained some weight. He had that, that tank top. And you can see like, Maybe they should have left the tank top in 2003, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I would agree. He, um, yeah, uh, people were saying he's a whole dollar now. He's no longer 50 cents. Oh, <laughs> that's too easy. <laughs> I, think, I think the biggest thing is I'm happy to see hip hop on the biggest stage. Right. Like I know ever since the Janet situation, the NFL has really been like kind of conservative on, you know, approaching younger people's music. And I know mm. Like we're, I'm kind of getting older now, so Dre and Snoop are a little bit older. But I think this is a step towards the right direction, and maybe we can get a guy like Drake or Drake in there, because hip hop is the most popular form of music. You can't just ignore it and act like it doesn't exist. So I'm, I was happy to see it on that stage. It, it, it's so true because if you look at the way the NFL halftime shows have gone, look, Prince was incredible. And yeah. so that was, you know, an urban twist, but not really fully on, you know, urban mm-hmm. music. And then mm-hmm. we've had, you know, incredible artists on there, YouTube, Bruce Springsteen, Tom Petty and whatnot, but it's all old guy rock. Like it's yeah. all yeah. dedicated towards my dad's generation. And like, I felt like for me, I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm in that target demographic, that yeah. 35 to 54 demographic where the music that I grew up with is now mm-hmm. going to be acceptable or they're, they're okay with it. But what'd you make of Eminem's shoes? The, the custom Jordans that Eminem was wearing, I was like, Dave's got me in the shoe game. Now I'm like, how do I get a pair of those? Oh, my God. Oh, oh, you're not going to be able to get a pair of those. Like those <laughs> that's a one-on-one. I, I, I love Eminem's shoes. I have some friends who are like heavy sneaker heads. Like one of my best friends growing up, he wears a size 16. He used to actually what? buy like sneakers off the players. Like Darius Miles had his own player samples with Jordan. He would he would go to, go to the game and he'll 
buy the sneaker off Darius Miles. So I, I really love seeing it. Like, it's just, I mean, I'm big into sneakers. I got to, I just, actually, last week, it's so funny. Somebody liked my pick so much that they actually bought me a pair of um, Bread Jordan 11s. One of my one of my followers. He was just like, you know what? I love the podcast. This is the least I can do. <laughs> wow. Getting yeah. gifts. I like that. <laughs> we got we had shoes games now. Like, I mean, it's a term to say shoe game, but you're actually you know doing shoe games. Like, if this hits, I'm gonna send you a pair of shoes. That's some strong stuff right there. Right Yo, now. man, like it. honestly, I, I I love my followers so much, and I've like, <laughs> I think. One of the things I try to do is put out positive energy because it yeah. always comes back. Like, I mean, I've had people I've never met buy me dinner. You know, like yep. I think, you know, Chad and um, Simon from the Action Network, they've said that they heard they were going out to dinner one day. And one of the listeners from the podcast heard that they were going out to dinner and they said the, the name of the restaurant they were going to. Somebody paid for their dinner. Yeah, it's nice. Of like, them. so it's just it's just all about the positive energy. And it's just like, it's great. You know, it's like there's a lot of negativity on gambling tip Twitter. Ooh. But I think one of the things I like to do is we're all trying to make money. Yeah. So yeah, we all can learn from each other and bounce ideas and we can all get this paper. <laughs> Absolutely. But before I let you go, oh, that's a good point. On the live chat, Odell Beckham Jr.'s cleats in warm-ups were 200000 which is more oh, yeah, I saw that. Which is more exclusive, the warm-up cleats for OBJ or the Jordans for Eminem? Oh, definitely the warm-up cleats. I think they, like, they actually showed on Instagram how they were making them. And I think the Nike sign was like like encrusted in gold yes. or whatnot. It so jewels. it's like it was all, all in jewels. Yeah, the swoosh was all jewels. Like you could find <laughs> a way to. I, I mean, I have some friends at Nike. I mean, it'd be tough to get them, but those would be a lot easier to get than the custom made <laughs> Odell Beckham. <laughs> man, oh, very very man. cool. All right, before I let you go, you got a boxing bag. You you, you got a heavy bag in behind you, my friend. Oh What's, yeah, I, I love it. I just Let's bought go. I just bought it because I um I'm trying to like I'm I'm really into being in shape. I'm a, I'm a big boxing fan. Ooh. I want to just especially with some of the best, I want to be able to just hit the bag from time to time. So <laughs> I'm four I'm I'm 12 days out. My my first and I'm fight. so mad. Like I you gotta see that bottle of champagne behind me. I actually had I I I've been betting on the 49ers big during the postseason. Oh. They they cover for me on, on the Rams, but we have futures on the 49ers. And like I'd say when they were up 10 in the fourth quarter, I actually put the bottle of champagne on ice because uh, I was ready to pop it to celebrate uh, our futures, and they choked it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got my fight coming up here in 12 days, so it's it's an unbelievable workout, and, and get after it. That's a lot of fun. Raheem, thanks for the time, man. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. No doubt. I wanted to ask you, before I yeah. go, are y'all going to be at um, Bet Bash? Because I may come out to Vegas for that. So We will be in Vegas. I'm not sure we will be at Bet Bash, but we'll be in Vegas during Bet Bash so we yeah. can come and find you and easily get in touch when you're out here in Vegas. We definitely yeah. got to hang out. I know me and Matt have hung out. Dave, it would be nice to meet you Absolutely. next time I come to Vegas. Uh, all all you need to do is send me a message. That's it. Yes. I'm not far. We're not far away. If you're in town... We'll find some time to get together, brother. That's I, I love the positive energy. I love all the stuff that you put out. Now, are you in Philadelphia? Yeah, I'm in Philly. Philly I'm not fan? an Eagles fan, though. I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's a Sixers guy, though. I'm a Cowboys and Sixers fan. Oh, man, I love it. This guy knows. <laughs> Sixers got hard. We're playing this song, baby. Every Let's day. Let's go. 
Let's go. (laughs) Give out your social and where they can hear you on the Action Network podcast. My social is DJR to the Izzy. That's D-J-R-T-O-D-A-I-Z-Z-A. Let's get ready to change. Thank God, Dave. I literally, Dave, the first thing I sit down with her, we're having a conversation. I go, dude, you have to change the the handle. The handle's got got to go like it's too that's, that's, that's complicated the only reason why i haven't changed it i'm i'm waiting for twitter to get back to me about my verification i don't want to oh there you go uh, yeah you gotta see. <laughs> then once you get that little blue yeah, that, that'll be going that'll be going in the next two weeks very very cool raheem thanks man best of luck we'll talk to you down the road all right all right no doubt that is raheem palmer from the action network joining us here on the bostonian versus the book it all worked look at that Look at that. It all worked. That was our first yeah. non, non-family voice. That was the first time we went outside the family. We, You know, you can screw up with the family, right? You can make them sit there behind the scenes for 20 minutes and you can, right. you can abuse the family. But I didn't. Right. That was our first non-family guest. And so I wanted well. to get Raheem's take on on uh, on the halftime show. And have you seen those Eminem shoes yet, by the way? No. You, gotta, you will love these things. I'll send you a picture. They are gorgeous. Man, oh custom man. Jordans. My name is Slim Shady on the back of it. No. Oh, it is tight. It is so. It is. Oh, that's I, why Kylie asked me, "Did I see his shoes?" She asked. Oh, me, the shoes are. So, it says E was, on the tongue. It says oh, E. It's man. so sick. It's such a. It's like <laughs> I saw those. I was like, I need those <laughs> shoes. Like, how can we find a way to get those? Because right now, M could put those things up right now and make so much money. Like, go ahead and on an auction those things off. He could make like seven million dollars. Oh my People would pay so much money for those shoes. The, They're the, I so didn't nice. see uh, OBJ's cleats. Two hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yes. Yep. He wore them and just I mean, for pregame. He didn't wear correct. them in the game. Can't wear them in the game. Okay. Just pregame, just warm ups. Okay. But still, you're wearing a two hundred thousand dollar what is that game cleats. And I felt so bad for him when the knee. I mean, it looked so oh. clear. It was like, and you, you got to wonder how significant, you know, long term is that going to be? It looked like an ACL, and yeah, I was like, okay, he's done. And so I was like, what was his closing number for yards? Sixty two. And he ended up with fifty two, right? Yep. Oh. Yeah. That's tough because you thought and he was going to, he would have flown over that. He would have flown over. And and I agree with Raheem. What he just said, I, I felt like the Rams were going to light him up. Like they look like they could get whatever they wanted. They were running the ball to kind of keep the clock moving and kill the time. But with him out there, it looked like they were going to just, you know, get those. I know, but the, the Bengals round. all year played that way though. They played all year where they look like they're getting torched. And then everything changed in the second half. I so know, I, I was just I waiting for that to happen. I was like, I, okay, they're, they're fine. I wasn't panicked at all for him. I was like, yeah. that's, I I was fine with it. I was like, all right, you know, you, you're getting lit up right now. You got to try to find ways to adjust your coverage. They were getting decent pressure. And what's so crazy about the entire season about the Bengals now is that the one thing everybody talked about on draft night was their offensive line was historically bad and they were not going to be able to win with that offensive line that line got them to the Super Bowl. But what'd you make of the third down and fourth down calls with the game on the line, having to score, having to kick a field goal or score a touchdown. It's every kid's dream. It's the Brady moment. I, I was all, I was literally like getting ready to come on here in Joe Burrow go. I told you he's Brady 2.0 because that was the Brady 2.0 drive where you have to go down, either score a touchdown or kick a field goal and get it into overtime. And yet on third and two and fourth and one, I thought the play calls were a little bit weak. Oh, just 
you got to give Burrow a chance, don't you? Like, well, he did. He did in this in on the fourth down play. Yeah, he did Burrow just, mean, they couldn't block him. They couldn't block anybody. Two, and he hands it to the third down back. Yeah, like to try to surprise. If you're going to hand it off, sub mixing in. Yes. Who's a battering ram or Pirine? I mean, just go ahead and, and like have have a have a fourth down carry for Pirine. Throw it on third and run Pirine on fourth. Like that's I don't a, run him. I don't run Pirine at all. I mean, the okay. guy had one carry game, maybe, but that wasn't the time to run him. You had timeouts. You, you if you were going to run, get your running back in there and yeah. run. Like, I don't know, man. I just. It, Two great plays by Donald. I mean, he, you know, he wrapped up on third down and prevented mm. that first down. Literally grabbed the man and just pulled him, threw him down. And then on fourth down, grabbed Burrow like a rag doll and threw him down. They win the Super Bowl, man. It was. Did you know the MVP vote had to be made by the two minute warning? You know, that's I heard a, that. That's in a the mistake. Past. That's it, a mistake. It stinks. So that's why Cooper Cup won it because Aaron Donald's two plays on third and fourth down pretty much sealed it. Yeah, I mean they, they, he should have. Aaron Donald should have been the MVP. I like that think should have been Aaron Donald. When when Stafford threw the second pick, I was in the room with the, with the people at the West, and I was like, "Everyone's live. Cup's live. Donald's yeah. live." I said, yeah. "Everybody's live," and and you know it was going to be Burrow for Cincy. Since he won, it was going to yep. be Joe Burrow at that point. Nobody had done anything to to not be Joe Burrow. But as soon as Stafford threw the second pick, all the Rams were wide open. I was actually watching the fan odds because they, they had that live open. Wow. You could bet the Super Bowl MVP live. Wow. What was changed. Cup's numbers? Do you, do you remember? It stayed right around the same. It was five okay. and six to one. It wasn't. They, they weren't giving any Cooper Cup away, but <laughs> they were sense. giving away some other ones. Um, you know, trying to get enticed bets, but it's going to be a game changer next year when we're when we're down in Arizona. It's because there's going to just be all of that right there with all of the markets like that are available with all of the different books that are available. It's going to be it's going to be a game changer next year. The more that I think about it, the more, and I'm gonna. We can probably lean on our props, Arizona guys and Doug and Sean about this, but like, and you might know too, cause you live there, but <clears throat> what's the most logical place for them to do radio row next year? I hope and pray it's nowhere near Glendale. I hope I'm, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, but if it's going to be out there near the stadium, I mean, it's going to just be a, a, a major, we're going to be away from everything else. But, but there, aren't they building that whole new area with a hotel and everything else that, that could make sense to do it down there? Well, I mean, we could do it there. There'll be restaurants and stuff. I mean, like I went to L.A. I didn't go see anything in L.A. other than Media Row and the dinner that the three of us Correct. had right. all week. So right. if we go to Glendale and we're out stuck in Glendale, that's fine. I just know that like my whole family and like everything is down there. If we want to go to a Suns game, it's an hour drive down, an hour drive back. If we're going to go over to TPC Scottsdale to see the golf, it's an hour drive away. You know, I mean, just with the traffic and stuff, it's a, everything's far spaced out. So 
Yeah, we'll do the whole week. Next year, we'll do the whole week. I mean, the, 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 next was, year, we might do the week before and the whole week. Like, I, I, <laughs> I have I no idea. It's going to well, be. Well, I know it's going to be easier for us. I mean, yeah. And, and I'll be a lot less chaotic and stressed out, and, and I'll have more experience, and I'll know what, what happened and how fast. I mean, the internet was the fastest internet I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I mean, like, at my house, I pay for like the the fastest internet you, you can get. Yeah. And the internet at the Super Bowl was nine times faster than my house. <laughs> That's how fast <laughs> the internet was. It was, it was stupid. So, you know, uh, but I asked that question because if it's going to be at the stadium, there's a book being built for bet MGM at the stadium. Yeah. So your, so your thing about, you know, having a book at radio row will be real. There will be a oh, book yeah. at radio row. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to, if it's at, yeah, if it's at the stadium, if, even if it's not though, like you'll be able to have all the apps like right there, but yes. I, I, an on-site one would be great just so we could go commiserate and like watch games and talk about stuff after the fact. That'd be fun. Um, it's going to be, if this was any indication, it's going to be even bigger too because of all of the people talking about the gambling and the game. Like, I don't think someone asked me this yesterday. Can you talk about the Super Bowl and not talk about the gambling anymore? You couldn't before. Oh, no, you could before, but like, oh, now, I don't think so. I mean, it was always a major part of everything I talked about. I mean, it was always a monster. I've been doing, I've been talking about the Super Bowl for 23 years on radio. And every single time it was always about gambling. I don't care. It's the number one, most casually bet game of the year. Yeah. And everyone wants to know either Super Bowl squares, prop bets, national anthem, Gatorade. I mean, it's, it's as part of the conversation as the game itself, by the way. Oh, orange. No blue. I think. I thought, I thought I heard somebody say it was orange. See, that's it may have been orange. I can't remember. I, 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 I can't I'm, remember I'm blanking either. on what it was. Cause I, I shut it off. I, I stopped watching after I didn't watch much of the post game stuff. Um, I watched the, the Cooper cup interview and I watched a couple other things, but I didn't, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't the, the, the one thing for this year is that I wasn't all that emotionally invested in either team. Like I'm happy right. for the Rams. I'm more happy for Aaron Donald. I, I, I think the Detroit lions, trying to rip this away from LA is the most <laughs> lamest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, and even Detroit media today, like tweeting out different things about how is Matthew Stafford, not the MVP? How is this possible? Like, I'm just like, you freaking <laughs> like, I just, I just, I can't, I can't stand these, these myopic, you know, he was ours. I don't care if he was yours or not. Okay. He's a Ram quarterback. He had to leave your godforsaken team to go win. Okay. You should be embarrassed. Like straight up, you should be in if, if you're a Lions fan today trying to claim Stafford, you should be embarrassed because it just shows you have a clown show organization that will never win anything. And they had to leave. So, like that whole idea of like Detroit Rams and like this whole thing, they tried to play off of it. Like Detroit media tried to capitalize on all of this. And then, and then lions fans afterwards, like you pointed out and they're like, why are you being so mean to us? We're just having some times of fun. Like ugh, just furious beyond. So like, I, I just shut it off. Cause I was like, I can't handle this. Like I just, I, I wanted Burrow to win it because I, I love the story. And here's the biggest problem, Dave, for the Bengals. That was their shot, right? I mean, that was it. They've got the hardest path 
back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That somebody pointed out to me this on Twitter, and it's a decent point. Burrow could be Dan Marino. Yeah. I mean, Burrow could be second year. You go to the Super Bowl, you put up Hall of Fame numbers, and you never get back because of who you're playing against. Yep. I know. I, Kevin just said that to me uh, on the show that I did before. And I was like, man, I hope not because I know how excited I was as a kid when Dan Marino got to the Super Bowl, being a Pittsburgh kid and watching all his games at Pitt and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, he'll be back. Of course he'll be back. He's on the Dolphins. It's cool. You know, he's got the best release. He's got, uh, you know, the coolest uniforms. And then, they never really got a defense. They had a great, they had great weapons. They had a great Hall of Fame coach. Well, they'll get back. It's hard to get to the Super Bowl. It's hard to win the Super Bowl once you get there. Um, he got sacked seven times. His body got twisted again. I held my breath when he went down. I thought, oh no, not the knee again. This can't be happening. Joe Burrow's good for football. Joe Burrow's good for for old guys, young guys. He's Joe Cool. He brought it back. I I, I want to see him in it again, but I mean, you look at the AFC and NFC. We talked about the odds. If Aaron Rodgers goes to the AFC, either Denver or Tennessee, the books are 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 shading it to happen. I mean, it's, they think it's going to happen. Denver's odds. Denver should not be and the odds in every book right now. Denver should not be where they are, but the books are, aren't going to get burned by letting people bet Denver right now. And then watching Rogers go there. You have to take, you have to take an offensive in this situation and just don't move it as if he's there already, but move it with anticipation that he's going there. And then if it doesn't happen, you just move it back up. It's easier. But if he does go there, you're not exposed at a bigger number. Ah, I get the the last takeaway before I forget. I was rooting so hard for no overtime yesterday <laughs> because I, I wanted it so bad. I know I, I you did because I bet I was, it too. I I bet the yes I, on it, so I was hoping I, for it desperately. I was, I was so hoping it did not go to overtime <laughs> because I was like I I I stood up as the Bengals were driving. I said I hope they score a touchdown. The guy was like, "What do you mean? You said you liked Rams money line." I'm like, "I I I can't have overtime. I cannot have overtime because if one of these guys don't get to touch the ball." I said, I'm I'm buried for a year. I yep. can't, we cannot have overtime. And this guy was like, Oh, can they get a stop? I'm like, that's fine too. I don't just please don't let him get down there and get a field goal and tie the game. So I was I was more relieved than anything. You were 20 yards away from hell. That's all they needed was 20 yards. I can't and believe they didn't pass the ball. I I mean they on third down, I just they weren't running the ball <clears throat> all that effectively anyway. And I, I get don't the think point. Either team ran no. the ball effectively, right? No, Akers, they kept on. That was what he was talking about. And he's totally right about McVeigh because, like, I bet Cam Akers under, and he kept on like giving him the ball. I was like, stop giving Cam Akers the ball. I was like, what the hell? I was like, he's gonna pop one of these eventually. I think I think McVeigh was doing the same thing. Like, at least he'll pop one of these. Like, one of these he's gonna get through and have like a thirty yard run. It's gonna happen, and then it never happened. Luckily right. for my bet, it never happened. But like, I kept on going like. You're watching the same thing we are, right, Sean? Like, it's 
two yards done, or you're running off tackle and you're, you're losing two yards. Like right. what are you doing? Giving the ball consistently to Cam Akers. It's not working. And every time you do it, it's second and two, sorry, second and eight or third or second and 12. So you're putting yourself behind the sticks and not helping your offense. This is odd. Like just let Matthew Stafford throw which goes to tell you what he thinks about Matthew Stafford in the two picks he threw. He was worried about three, four, five picks. No doubt. You could tell like in the first half or before OBJ got hurt, he did a couple of those rollouts where there's play action and a fake and he was rolling out. He didn't do any of that stuff in the second half. He OBJ's out. I got to throw it to 88. I don't like that so much. Like I, it's a big drop off and two, that second pick I can't lose this game because I'm keep throwing and this guy's going to throw a third pick and give him a short field. I cannot. Let's run the ball. Let's run the ball and play defense. Let's run. You could tell. I mean, in the clock, the third quarter went like that. It, it did. literally was so fast. And I was watching the end game. Patrick had bet um, the Rams and he was like, you know, he got a text from his wife who said, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have hedged because he had the Bengals. Mm. And I'm like, he, you know, he comes in and tells me, and I said, Patrick, the game ain't over. I said, good, this is good why hedge. you do it. If the yes, Rams this is why you hedge. Game, yeah, this, this will be good because when the Rams come back and win this game by three, you can tell her you knew it the whole time. And when you take her out to dinner with the winnings, <laughs> I said that you can remind her. And it was funny because that's, you just kind of watch it. You knew that was going to happen, right? Like yeah, you just knew not the way it happened, but they took their foot off the gas. I, I felt it Man. when they had to settle for a field goal after the interception, when they got the second pick and they got the short field, I, I was like, okay, are we going to go and step on their throat or are we going to play the way you'd play in a regular season game, which is be very conservative. Let, let's just go ahead and play the game out, kick the field goal, go up by seven, play the strategy. And I was like, man, that was your moment. You could have won the game in that moment. Probably. If you score seven there, it's most likely game over. And there's nothing wrong with kicking the field goal. I'm all in on, I mean, I, I'm, I'm the anti-analytical person when they're like, I, I'll kick field goals to win games. But against that team in that moment, I just felt like they had house money. And I was like, are you going to play with it like house money? Or are you going to play like you have actually a chance to win this thing and you know it. And they played like they had a chance to win this thing and they knew it and they went conservative and they went conservative really after the first play of the second half, they went conservative and they didn't do anything like they had done previously until that last drive where they became predictable because well, the Rams knew what they were trying to do. Yep. And against that defensive line, man, asking those offensive linemen to hold up no screen passes, like nope. I, I kept on asking, like, where's the screen? Like, what's going on? Where's the P Ryan screen we all talked about that, or even the Joe Mixon screen that we all talked about? Like, where has that been? And it wasn't part of the offense. And I felt like on that drive, it was an awesome play call to call a screen pass, given how aggressive that line was getting up the field. And those offensive linemen were turnstiles. And yet, you know, look, they got to the Super Bowl, but on draft night, this is what everybody said. Can't win the Super Bowl with that offensive line. And yep. the picking Penny Sewell, everyone was saying, take Penny Sewell, the kid from Oregon, take that kid to be your left tackle, protect Joe Burrow for the next 10 years. And they took Jamar Chase, who turned out to be the offensive rookie of the year and got them to the Super Bowl. 
but the offensive line did ultimately cost them the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's so funny because I get so much material from the kids. I walk in the door and Kylie's, you know, first question was, did you see Eminem shoes? The second question was, why is it so hard to block somebody? I said, what are you talking about? She's like, he has one job. All he had to do was block him. Burrow didn't have any time to throw. Why didn't he just block him? And I'm like, it's a lot harder than it looks. And she's like, well, why was there no adjustments? Like he can't keep getting sacked and getting hit. He doesn't have time to throw. And she's really just starting to watch football and kind of yeah. learn and listen. She's saying exactly what all of us are saying. Like where you, I think not only do you have to learn how to win, you really have to play to not lose. Like mm. you, you, you Agreed. have to play to win. Like you, so as you learn the process, you see teams mature, coaches get better. You can't be afraid of losing. It's going to happen. You have to keep pushing. You have to keep playing to win. And when you don't, you allow the other team to have a shot to drive to win the game, which is exactly what happened. I mean, I, I don't know how close Cincy's going to get. I went to that Rose Bowl Saturday before you know, walked around, took pictures and stuff. And and it's great to be there when there's nobody there. I met a couple from Cincinnati. The guy was 59 years old. And I said, and he was with his second wife now and talked about going to the game. And he's like, man, I just don't know when we're going to get back here. So we just said to hell with it. We're coming, we're, we're coming to LA and we're, we're going to the Super Bowl. So we got a big pep rally later. I wanted mm. to see the Rose Bowl. I'm out in Los Angeles. And they brought their son, who now lives in North Carolina. But um, it was such a big deal. And I thought, boy, for those people, I really hope that Cincy wins. And, of course, you know, hopefully you guys are watching the show because I gave them all the socials and said, mm. watch the Boston Man versus the book. In addition to the plane ride home, which I'll tell you about the best thing about today. Um, but. Yeah, man, it's it's one of those things. It was just, it's that close, and they may never get there again. If I was going to bet it today, I'd say they'd never get back. I would too. And uh, I don't know. Are we old today. and jaded when we no. say that? No, I think I think we've seen we've seen it enough. And let's just line it up here, okay? If you were going to go through the pecking order, according to the books right now, the Buffalo Bills are the odds-on favorite to win it all next year. They're they're seven to one to win it all right now. Then you go to the Chiefs and you just go down the line, right? We've got a very good team in Buffalo, a very good team in Kansas City. We have a very good team in Baltimore. We have a very good team in New England. We have a very good team in San Diego, in, in, in Los Angeles for the Chargers. Uh, I, 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 I would say a decent team here in Vegas with the Raiders. There's just so many better teams in the AFC that they had four wins last year. They turned it all in their head, but everything went right. Everything went the way that it was supposed to go for the Bengals, and they didn't capitalize. They didn't win it. Mm. I, I I don't see a chief like run coming. Even though Jamar Chase, I think, and T Higgins, their their offense is really good. I'm not sure they win their own division next year if the Ravens are healthy. They're not even the favorite. They're not even the favorite. Depending on the schedule and and how it comes out, they're co-favorites along with the Ravens yep. and maybe the second choice based on everything the way it is right now. And then depending on who Cleveland 
I mean, if Baker Mayfield comes back, if they get another quarterback, Cleveland might be have the same odds or better. Yeah. So do you ever like you're 51, I'm 44. The, the coaches were 36 and 38 last, yesterday. Mm-hmm. If I, if I believe that's right. So 38 for Taylor, 36 for McVay. Do you ever think about what it, what you would have been like on the sidelines at that age and the pressure that it would have been placed upon you? Because I, I was thinking that last night as I was watching McVay pour sweat out of his body and look like he was scared to bleep in death of that game. He was, I didn't like the body language for McVay at all. And I think he coached like he was out of his mind, scared as to what was happening. And then I think McVay did the same thing. And, and then I think, um, and then Taylor did the same thing. I think Taylor, it just goes to show you why you do want some experience and you like the older coaches because they've been there before and they go, yeah, we're fine guys. And the players look at the guy and go, oh, okay. Like Belichick, when the Patriots were down 28-3 and he just walked to everybody and went, hey, 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 guys, we're going to do this, this, and this, and the game's going to be fine. Okay. Relax. We're all good. Okay. We'll get this done, this done, this done. And then those things happen and the players are like, Holy crap. He's right. We we can win this game. And then you boom, they go and do it. I didn't get that from either coach last night that they were projecting any confidence that they really knew what the hell was going to happen in that game. It's so funny because I was thinking it I'm not I wasn't saying it out loud because everybody was kind of, you know, drinking and watching their own prop bets, but I I came home and Uncle Larry was here as well. And again, I get so much material from the friends and family and stuff. He was like, oh, those coaches look scared as shit, didn't they? He literally said it like that. I was like, yeah, they did, you know. And They both wanted to poop their pants on national TV. They they didn't know what to do. it, 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 It looked like that to a lot of people. And I know I'm a better coach now than I was eight years ago when I started. Because I was a crazy energizer bunny and I was constantly pushing and I was constantly this. And now I'm like Belichick when I'm in the dugout and and stuff. And I'm like, everybody breathe. It's going to be fine. You know, and it's the, it's a calming force that I think players need to know is there. Just, I, I mean, and so when they sense you aren't like that, it increases everybody's anxiety intention and fear of making a mistake. Right. If, if you're, if the coach is scared shitless and you know, you're scared shitless, Mm. then it's like, there's nobody in the foxhole that's been there before. Right. Right. There's nobody that's like, Hey, Hey, don't worry. We're all good. We got this. Like, like there's no veteran presence. And even on that team, like what's Matthew Stafford going to walk up and down and go, guys, we got this. Like, dude, you haven't won a playoff game since you got here. Like, what are you talking about? Like, or second year coach, second year quarterback in Joe Burrow is Joe going to run around and be like, yeah, I've won one of these before. We're all good. Don't worry about it, guys. We'll, we'll take care of business. Like it's, there's no history. I can't wait to see the mic'd up stuff from the game. Cause I, I can't wait to see what was being said on the sideline because I believe Burrow is that guy. But at that point, I think you need an older guy yeah. uh, just to to really sell it and believe it and make everyone just relax. I, I thought the fear of failure was dominant in the fourth quarter. Agreed. For both teams. Agreed. Where to win in sports, you have to have no fear of failure. You know you're going to lose sometimes. That's fine. If that means you're getting fired, 
I'm going to be fine. I'm going to find a new job. Like I, I listened to like when you said it a few weeks ago with the breakthrough with the training, like yeah. when you realize like, all right, I can see now, like I'm going to get hit, but it's okay because I'm going to come back. I'm, I was super tired in the third round and, and the trainer goes, well, you're going to be like, let's go. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it, it helped. It, it, Absolutely. It helped a ton. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> Mentally, like that put me in a better place of like, well, yeah, you're going to be tired and so just get over it. Right. And like you hear someone say that, it's like, ah, oh, come on. But mentally, when you kind of like put that in your brain and that happens, you get over it. Same thing with a game in, in the fourth quarter. You're going to be nervous. You're going to be scared. And so we're going to go and put the ball into the best player's hands. And that's, you I mean, to go back to that third down call. It's just like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, you're not running the ball at all. Like, why aren't you throwing the ball on that? Why aren't you throwing the ball to Jamar Chase? Like, give your best player a chance. I mean, I tweeted out. I actually, I, I was watching it. Teresa watched the first half with me, and I was like explaining things. And like that first, that fourth down call where he forced it to Jamar Chase, he had T. Higgins at the sticks, wide open. And he had Mixon coming out of the backfield. If he had waited just a beat, he had Mixon on a wheel route to also get it. He had two guys. Instead, <clears throat> he had been so drilled to get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball. He threw in double coverage right at Jamar Chase, and they were waiting for it. And I felt like, you know what? Was this the first fourth down of the game? Yes. Uh-huh. The first fourth down of the game. Do you agree with the call? Yes, I agreed with the call. I hated what... I felt like they that was a coaching mistake because all week they and, and Collinsworth talked about it that they drilled it into his head. Get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball. So in the first quarter, the first big play of the game, a fourth down play, my goodness gracious, that was one of those like crazier moments where if he's playing football comfortably and he's calm. He just looks one to T Higgins, bam, first down. And he did that all year long. And that's where that's, I, I, I was in back in my brain. I was like, so that felt like a, a guy who was told to get rid of the ball really fast. And he saw his first read and threw. So isn't that a case for punting the ball away? Cause it is the, in a way, yeah. Well, I mean, yes, it, it's more right. on Mick. It's more on Taylor right. and the preparation that, he, they didn't have a play clearly like, okay, on fourth down, we're going to run this play. Like they called it just right. a normal play. This is just right. normal play. And hey, by the way, remember on fourth down, they're going to send pressure. Make sure you get rid of the football. Well, I think that's what they do. Like, and that's what good coaches do is you make the abnormal situation normal. Like, yeah, right. So on third down, driving to tie the Super Bowl, you got – P Ryan in there, your third down back, and you give them the ball because that's what you normally do on third down. You either do that the, the draw when you're not expecting it, or you do a short pass. So okay, so third down, we'll do the draw. We got the timeout. Oh, we didn't get it. All right, just run that quick thing to to Jamar. We'll be fine. Oh, wait, he got sacked. We're done. That's it. It's over. Like, and before you know it, you're caught up in a moment. I thought that first going for it was too much. It was just an inopportune time. Like. It's too early to do that. I'm okay with going for it, but not in the first quarter when you just stop them. You right. just stop them. Like you, your defense, Cincinnati's defense is underrated. Like Cincinnati's defense is it all here. You you have. You've been trumping, <laughs> you've been hitting that horn, beating that drum. 
and saying it, and I'm watching it going, they're going to be there all night. Like, yep. they're going to be here all night. Don't give him an opportunity. And I thought that might have given the Rams a little bit of an opportunity to open things up a little sooner than maybe anticipated. I just hate it because he had the moment that every kid yeah. in every city dreams about. Yeah. Down three, ball in your hands, <clears throat> everybody, you know, pulling against you. And you go down there and you get the game winning touchdown or the game winning field goal, whatever, or game tying field goal. And Burrow didn't do it. And I'm like, man, that just, I wonder. Look, I think we'll we'll watch the career and watch what happens. But losing the Super Bowl early can do can do either incredible things for you, and you go back into the lab and you become single focused and just you're entirely looking at just one thing, or you start to wonder, can I win here? You know, can I win with this coaching staff? You start having all these different questions we put in your brain. Joe, you could be a superstar. You're in Cincinnati, though. You can't be as big of a superstar in Cincinnati. You got to be in Chicago. You got to be in, you know, all sorts of different people going on. So, you know, that's um, where, where I am on that. You can be in Cincinnati if you're Joe Cool. Did you see that suit he wore walking in? I couldn't. I was going to try to find that thing online. If they won today, I was like, I got to get this ridiculous suit. Are you serious? That was really. He's got it. I just hope they. They put the pieces around him. They have with the skill positions. It's hard to keep everybody together. Yeah, Brady's the model for how you do it. You don't take the maximum deal so you can allow your team to continue to fill spots. They can build something in Cincinnati. It's just going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's it, it, The division's very difficult. The conference is very difficult. And now they're the marked team. Like yeah. it's, 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 it's a whole different world. Now you are the guy, you are the team, you are the team to beat next season. Every game, every road trip, you're walking into a beehive. You're walking into a hornet's nest. Yes. It's not going to be easy at, at all. Okay. <clears throat> Let's do better to book it. We've talked primarily about the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but we do have some games to get into here for tonight. All right. So I'm going to start with a kind of a chalky public play. Kansas at home laying 10 and a half points to Oklahoma State. Ooh. On Big Monday, Bill Self at home has never lost straight up. Now, he hasn't covered, but he hasn't lost straight up. They lost their last game. Last time at home, they didn't look good, and then they lost their last game, KU. I think we're going to see an angry Kansas bunch here tonight. I told you I've liked this Kansas team for a lot. I like their swagger. I like when the bright lights are on, and I like when they're at home as well. I think they're going to blow out Oklahoma State tonight. Are we going to bet or book KU minus 10.5 against Oklahoma State? Let's see. Have they played already once? I don't think so. Oh, this is the first meeting? I believe so. Mm. Which Ken Palm have it? Around this number? 12. Ooh. Ken Palm has it a 12-point game. Okay. Um, I'll book it. I'll take the points if it's the first time. If it was the second time, I think I would I, I would bet it. But the first time through, I'll take the points. And then when Kansas goes there, they'll probably blow them out. This could be the opposite, Ooh. though. This could be the blowout game. But 
I'll take the points with Okie State. Oklahoma State, pardon me. Why? You can't say Okie State? No, actually, uh, for, for my other show uh, that I did, we put it on YouTube and like one of the comments was like, please stop calling it Okie State. No one calls it that. I'm like, everyone in the gambling world calls it Okie State. Like, that's the one. That's a you problem, not a Dave problem. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, probably, a, that, that's, that's a commentator's good. problem. Like, yeah. who doesn't call it Okie State? It's Oklahoma and Okie that's, State. That's right. just sort of like that's what. That's what we do. I mean, I get that people call, I can't stand people call Boston Beantown. Like nobody calls Boston Beantown. Really? Oh, nobody, nobody calls Boston Beantown. Only broadcasters. It's ridiculous. Mike's You're live in Beantown. Beantown, like, Beantown on a daily basis right here. Yeah. Nobody ever calls Boston Beantown ever. It's how we know you're not from there. The second you call something, the second you say Boston Beantown, yep, you're not from here. Okay, you're not from New England. Every city has one of yep. those. It's the biggest tell. It's it's the single biggest tell. Oh, you're not from Boston or New England. You don't, yep, because nobody calls it Beantown. Oh, ever. I love it. That's great. They, you know, they call it going into town. If you, if, right, if, yeah. if you are, you're yeah. a townie, like you get that. Yeah. But no one calls Boston Beantown. Just Beantown. if you want to be seen as a, as a, as a as an insider. Right. No one else with that. And then I am going to the Creighton Blue Jays. Blue out tonight. Okay. We talked about the whiteouts, the pink outs. This is a blue out tonight. Georgetown. Double dip there. Played them at Georgetown last game. It's Georgetown at Omaha at Creighton tonight. The Creighton Blue Jays were four-point favorites, and they won by 14 at Georgetown. Numbers 10 and a half for tonight. It's 11 now. I'm betting the first half. I'm going to bet some extra juice in the blue out game. Georgetown is over in the big, in the big East. They've lost 13 straight games. Don't think they really want to be in this game, but I'm not going to trust the Jays in the second half to cover a big number. I laid five and a half last night on the Creighton blue Jays in the first half, betting in a book in Creighton first half minus five and a half. Oh, we're betting this. When you when you start telling me about the Creighton thing, and then they've already blown them out at Georgetown last game. Yeah, we don't we don't need to take the points with this one. This is this is not a good. I I love to take the points uh, a lot of times when we do this segment, but not on this one. Um, you obviously you feel stronger about the first half than the game, but yeah, the game is still live to cover as well. Hundred percent. Yeah. Game's still live. It's just that I fear the pink out was the game that they had a uh, 17 point lead at halftime and they blew it in the second half. So I'm a little concerned that they get the juice from the crowd, sell out one color, looks cool, everyone's excited, and then they relax. And Georgetown's really bad. And then all of a sudden it turns into a 10 point win and I lose on the hook. And I'm like, yeah, don't want to get caught. I'll just go with the first. It's easier to do the first in the first half and see them. Jays have been pretty good. They have about a plus uh, or that they've outscored their opponents by four points in the first half on average. Georgetown's been outscored by two points in the first half on average. So combine the two and you get to six and I get a cover. I like it. Okay. And then finally, I did it. Finally, I jumped in with your Phoenix Suns. I made the bet last night after the game. I said, all right, I had a lot of fun with that future Bengals bet. I need to get back, go back into the well here. 
I am betting the Phoenix Suns to win the NBA championship at Ooh. plus 450 for one unit. I jumped in with it for the Suns to win it all. I know we got a long year to go. Didn't you do this when they were plus 750 when we said No, this? I, I thought about it. I didn't do it. I you thought didn't about push it. The button? No, it. I didn't bet it. I looked at it. I thought about it for a while. And then I wanted to see that how the trade deadline went. It's really what I was waiting for. Right. And now that I've seen the trade deadline, right. There's nothing there. And the Lakers are collapsing. <laughs> I think that there are such big problems in the Western Conference right now. I know the Warriors are right there as well, but I've watched more Warrior games this year than any other team, including my team in the Celtics. And I don't know if the Warriors in a seven-game series could beat the Suns. I don't either. I don't know. I Right now, I'd say no. So I'd, I'd say no. I, I looked at Aaron Donald. I looked at him. I know he's walking. Okay. I buy it. Aaron Donald wins the championship. He's walking away. These things go in cycles. Aaron Donald really is retiring. Yes. I believe Aaron Donald's walking away. I think McVay walks away temporarily. And I think he comes back, but I do think McVay is going to retire. I think both of them are going to walk away. Wait, McVay, the coach. Yeah. He's 36. Where are you been? You've been too busy. You missed this story, huh? McVay is. Yeah. Probably walking away. Very, Why? very loud. He's getting married this week. He's getting married this summer. Gonna start a family. Doesn't like the grind. The grind it's too is much. Brutal. It is hard. Seven, oh, you know, seven years, eight years. He's he, he's he's cool. He's good with it. He's like, okay, I'm good. He got his championship ring and he's good. Man. Okay. So I mean they lost the OC already to the to the Packers, right? No, to the Broncos. Who'd they lose their their OC to? I'm Wait, the Rams? The Rams OC left. Yeah. He's already got a head coaching job. Yeah. Uh, who, who, I forget who hired the Rams offensive coordinator, but yeah, the Rams lost their OC. So next year, you're going to have no Aaron Donald, no Sean McVay, and no offensive coordinator for the LA Rams. <laughs> have fun in the toughest, in the uh, toughest division in football. Uh, and they're the odds on favorite for the NFC. Right now, they are, but they won't be. After all this stuff goes down. What a mess. Oh, yeah, my God. OBJ that's, coming off a knee injury. I mean, there's a lot going on with that team. Somebody, Neil says, take a look at his fiance and you'll understand why he might be walking away. Yes, I, I will agree with that. She okay. is like, oh, that's not, even a, that's not even a fair term in terms of what she looks like. She's like, she might be the most attractive coach's wife in the league. Really? Yeah, she's okay. she'll enter into a different a different sphere. That's including Giselle with Brady. You know, really? yeah, and I'll include Giselle in that conversation too. Yeah, I mean, she's <laughs> so I get his point if he wants to walk away, but I I just Aaron Donald wins it all and walks. I think Chris Paul wins it all and walks. Wow, what a walk off that would be after all those years of getting so close and all those years with the Clippers and oh my goodness, That's why he came back. It just feels right. I have an Aaron Donald signed poster that's behind the camera. And I have a Chris Paul signed poster on my wall here in the room. And last night I was sitting there and I was like, well, I'm going over notes and looking at my bets and whatnot. I looked at the Aaron Donald poster and look at the Chris Paul poster. I was like, you know what? I'm betting the Suns. It's like, yeah, this is Donald got his ring. CP3 is getting his ring. Wow. That's good. I that's got what, that's what I, 
you know, so I, I, I'm good with it. I got 450, so I didn't get as good. I, I'm not as good as you are on it, but uh, but I'll take the 450, put the flag down, and, and see how I can hedge off of it and go from there. But we, I, I mean, obviously, I'm betting it with you. Then, I mean, for the segment, but I, I, we we talked about it weeks ago. There's nobody beating this team like it, right now, as constructed and health wise. They're not going to lose four games in a row. There's they're they're susceptible. They're they're in immune to at right now these losing streaks i think they're going to get the one seed which means that the warriors are going to have to play that extra series against the three seed whomever it's going to be is it going to be the jazz i don't know is it going to be i mean it could be the nuggets could be i the west is going to be a gauntlet i mean an absolute gauntlet but having that one seed in that easy easy first rounder and then somewhat I mean, a 4-5 in the NBA is the best series. The team that wins is so worse for the wear every year. That's the team you want to play in the playoff in the second round. That's who the Suns would play right now. So it's set up for, man. It's set up, and you can guarantee we'll be down there for a game. Just so We know some people. We're going yeah, to the Suns game. Let's let's do it. We can Already go and hang that. out with our props Arizona friends and have a, yeah. have a good old have a good old time. Mm-hmm. Get Franz to hook us up or some places to do it. Yep, yep, yep. We'll do that. All right. Favorite thing about today? You, you teased it there a little bit. What's what's the story of the plane flight? So um, Saturday, pack everything up. You know, drive around take a couple videos, whatever, get to the airport early. And everybody's coming to Vegas. Everybody's talking about the game. And guy starts talking about his bets on the game. He's got a Cincinnati future and he's got a Rams future. He's in a really good position. And this other guy says, well, the Rams are going to win on Sunday, so you don't have to worry about the Cincinnati (laughs) position. And I'm sitting here listening to this conversation. Charlie the guy that owns the bail bonds company. And I believe his name was Ty from LA, the Rams fan are going back and forth. And I'm like, this is what me and Peralt do every day. (laughs) This is fantastic. This is, this is a show. And I'm like, I, the guy was talking about the Bengals. So I was wearing the Rams hat. I changed the bank to the Bengals hat. I reached in my bag because it was a carry on. I put my Bengals hat on. I said, Man, from what he just said, I think the Bengals are going to win. And I put the Bengals hat on, and the place went nuts. I'm wow. in the waiting area at the gate That's on the awesome. show. <laughs> and they went nuts. So now we got 20 people having the conversation with us. And I said, well, wait a second. Ty, what did you say? And I went back to the Rams hat. And I said, and I said, this is great, right? This is why we're all talking about the game, talking about the show. You guys would love this show that I do every day. <laughs> Good job. I said, cycle it Bostonian back. Bostonian versus the book. <laughs> it's me and this guy, P. Ralt. I said, look, right here on the Twitter. Follow it right here. Ooh. And they all get out their phones and they're like, bam, 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 bam. Wow. So they start watching. So now I said, I'll be on on Sunday on Sports Grid Live. Here's my Twitter Stuff, handle. Follow yeah, right. it. They DM me. They asked where I was watching the game. We got fans now. So I just wanted to tell the story. My favorite thing about today was sports is awesome. And the (laughs) betting part of it 
makes it even more yeah. fun because now your vested interest, everybody was a complete stranger in that and game now they're all friends. in Burbank. And by the time we got to Vegas, they were asking each other, where are you watching the game? Maybe we should all watch the game together. And we're definitely going to watch this show with Dave and his partner because I can't wait to see what they say on Monday. So I told Charlie, if the Bengals won, we were going to have him on the show. He was that oh, good. He bummer. was that good. So I was really rooting for Charlie to 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 make it because he gave me his number. He he, he owns a bail bonds, Christmas bail bonds here in town. Good guy, good guy to know. <laughs> That's what I said. I said, Charlie, give me the number. I'm just saying, just give me the case. number. You never know, right? You never know. You, you just just it can't hurt. Can't hurt so, to have yeah. that guy in your back pocket whenever you, right. you, you might need a, need a favor or two. Exactly. So, yeah, so we had such a good time, and hopefully we got some new fans of the show. Uh, I, I showed them a couple of the clips that that Farrah did an unbelievable job with in L.A. I, 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 mean, I sent you guys both a personal text. That was a hell of a week. That was a great run, and I'm just proud of what we did, even from just – you know, showing up Tuesday night to putting it together Wednesday to what it looked like on Friday looked like a true, real professional production show that a lot of people saw. I got a lot of a lot of questions asked Sunday was was really a lot of fun. So, yeah, man, first favorite thing about today was that. And then all of this for me today is the first day of the off season. It's the six month on, six month off. And the off season starts today. And so like this is where, and I challenge anybody to do this, by the way. I do this, but I think it's a really cool thing if you are heavily invested in sports and betting and football and whatnot, is give yourself a six month target, goal. Learn something, do something, find something. I'm coming to the end of this boxing journey that will hit in 12 days. And I, my brain is already starting to fire as to what I want to do. I think I'm going to play a lot of golf. I think that's yeah. sort of, I think I've determined after watching the Phoenix open and oh. watching the hole in ones and watching the party and the celebratory stuff, meeting Dubsy in, uh, in LA yeah. and, 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 and talking with him. Uh, you know, I I've talked a lot about the fact that I live in this great place. I can golf nine months out of the year and blah, blah, blah. And I haven't really set a goal per se. Like I, I want to set a number and a goal for myself as to like what I want to go ahead and accomplish and what I want to go ahead and do. But I'm leaning pretty heavily towards picking up golf again heavily and starting to see what I can do and how low can I get my scores and and, and what I actually can do competitively. Because the boxing thing is great, but like it, it worries my kid and it worries my wife and it gets them all like, you know, you're 44 years old and like, what are you doing? And so, you know, golf is kind of the old guy sport. So maybe I go from the young kid, the young guy sport to the old guy sport. And I start doing that a little bit more. So that I think is probably what I'm going to wind up doing. I haven't fully, I got to get new irons if I do it because my irons are 13 years old. So I need to go ahead and upgrade a little bit on, on that. But that, that I think day one of the off season has me going, I've got time. <laughs> like well, I've got a lot of time. Let's. Are you let's, nuts? You have what? no time. Yes, it's I do. only got, you have basketball oh, no. to worry about. You have other shows to worry about. Yeah, nothing compared nothing? to football, man. Nothing compared to football. Nothing compared to 
the amount of prep hours, time, college and pro football takes up all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Like I've oh, got the that. watching of it is fantastic. Everything. The free time now. That's what I mean. I told you I've got time. That's what I mean. Oh, I've got time. Yeah. That, I don't have, oh. I have Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, yes. Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Saturday night, Monday night, Thursday night. Like I've got time. Like I've got, this is, this is the off season. This is when we, we go on vacation. This is when we, yeah. we, we do a ton of things and yep. you know, it, it's, it, I try to use my time as best as I can. I like that whole Buddhist thing's always in my brain. Like the Buddhist said, the most, the biggest mistake everybody makes is that we have time. We think we have time right? and we don't have time. So I want to use that. And, you know, you guys saw this a little bit and, and, and Daryl's been going through kind of a rough thing. My brother-in-law has been having a rough time of it, as you would expect with someone with a brain tumor. And just, you know, my wife calls, calls before the show on Friday, Teresa calls me screaming, crying because they were rushing him to the hospital because he was having a, a negative reaction to chemotherapy and he, he's fine, which is, which is great, but it's going to be a rough run of it. And like, it's going to be, it's, you know, yep. it's, it's going to be a tough couple of years and time is something I want to use every day. Like when I have time, what am I doing with it? Like what, what am I doing to become a better dad, a better husband, a better you know, employee, a better, whatever, just trying to be better at every, you know, take, take that step and use the time in the best, in the best way that I can. So maybe, maybe I'll be burned. I'll be sunburned a lot all summer long, you know, with, <laughs> with the lines. That SPF 30. Oh, I get really bad lines. I, I, I get that line, that, that sunglasses line and, and I get the whole like, you know, hat thing going and yeah. So I, I I'm going to get into that for sure. So uh, you guys who have been with us the entire day here, really cool. See the, the, the live chat just makes me so happy. Like I just, I, I love watching it. I just love the interaction. I love the conversations and it's so, it's so cool to see you guys you know it's, it's post football, right? Everyone's like, Oh, everyone goes away post football. Well, you know, our audience is right there. So great. We, we, we do appreciate that. We'll be back on a Tuesday morning. He's Dave. I am Matt. The podcast dropping in about half an hour after we are done here every single morning, weekday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. It's the Bostonian versus the book.